Well, hey, good morning and welcome back to the LifePoint Drivecast. My name is Paul. I'm the teaching pastor for the Marion campus. I hope your week is off to a great start. Uh, Thanks again for joining us here on the Drivecast. This past Sunday, as we continue the Now Playing series, we looked at Minions, Rise of Gru, uh, which is um, mostly an absurd movie, uh, pretty entertaining uh, because, you know, the Minions are uh, funny. And uh, overall, though, the uh, direction I took this was that of a rescue mission uh, because I think at its core, that's really what it is. And you could certainly go other directions, talking about identity and uh, the pursuit of value, different things like that. But uh, I was really fascinated in this dynamic between uh, Gru and the Minions. Early on in the movie, Gru uh, really speaks of his uh, disdain toward the Minions. They're always messing things up. They're always doing things incorrectly. And, and Gru essentially rejects them. And then through throughout the plot line, uh, Gru is taken captive and the Minions have to set out on this epic rescue mission to save Gru's life. And And I think it actually parallels the gospel really well. Um, You and I, because we have sinned, we have fallen short of the glory of God. And we have, in a sense, rejected God. Not in a sense. We have rejected God as a result of our sin. And yet, God so loved the world that he sent his one and only son. Right? And and so, we have been rescued. Uh, The offer of of rescue has been given to us through the coming of Jesus and through Jesus' sacrificial death on the cross. And so that's really the tie and the connection uh, that we looked at uh, in this film. And to do that, um, we went to John chapter 3, a very famous um, passage, of course. And initially, I was thinking I was just going to talk through 3, 16 through 21. So 16, of course, is for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. And so initially, that was really going to be the setup. But I was looking at the context throughout the week and Before that comes the um, interaction between Jesus and Nicodemus. Nicodemus being the Pharisee who comes to Jesus in the night and is is asking him questions. And and toward the end of their dialogue, Jesus says something really uh, fascinating to Nicodemus in verse 14. He says, And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. And so, you know, I had, I had recalled reading something about this, but I, frankly, I forgot. And so I went back into Numbers 21, uh, which is what Jesus is referencing here. And there's this really fascinating story about how Israel rejected God. Um, they have, at this point, been freed from uh, enslavement in Egypt. They're wandering in the wilderness, and they essentially say to Moses, look, the food's terrible. Why did you bring us out to the wilderness to die? You're the worst, and therefore God is the worst. That's essentially what they're saying. And so in response, it says the Lord sent venomous serpents to bite the Israelites, and it says that many Israelites died. And it's like, wow, that escalated quickly. And so then it's like, okay, what do we do from there? Well, the people thankfully repent. They said, we have sinned against the Lord, which is, you know, that's the right thing to do. And in response to their repentance, what what God says to Moses is make a snake and put it up on a pole. Anyone who has, who is bitten, excuse me, can look at it and live. So make a snake, put it on a pole. Anyone who is bitten can live. So Moses makes the bronze snake. He puts it up on a pole. Then anyone who is bitten by a snake and looked at the bronze snake, they lived. Now, fascinating, right? So how does this parallel to John three sixteen? How does this parallel to this passage of a rescue mission? Well, the reality is all of us have been bitten by the snake. All of us, as I said 
before have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And therefore, all of us are going to die in our sin if we are left on our own. If you look a little bit later in John 3, it says Jesus didn't come into the world to to condemn the world, but really that the world is already condemned. We're already living in a state of condemnation on our own. Our sin, we're all guilty of it. And so we've all been bitten by the snake. And in the context of Numbers 21, the way to live, even after the bite, was to fix one's gaze on the snake that was hanging on the pole. And church, the way that we live is not to fix our gaze on the snake hanging on the pole, but to fix our gaze on Jesus who has been hung on a tree. And what's really fascinating is that in the the context of Numbers is that the, the source of rescue resembles the source of death. Right? They've been bitten by a snake, and then the source of rescue or the source of salvation is to look at an image of a snake. Well, well, Jesus isn't a snake. Yeah, but Scripture tells us that Jesus became sin. He who knew no sin became sin, right? So that we might become the righteousness of God. And so what's fascinating is there's just this incredible parallel. We need to understand that we need to repent of our sin. We need to understand that we are, we have a, we have a death sentence. And the only way to, to find life, even after we've been bitten, is to fix our gaze upon Jesus. Because as he became sin, he who knew no sin became sin, God poured his wrath out on Jesus. And as we, as we fix our eyes on Christ, we, we understand and we see that Jesus took the penalty for us. And what an extraordinary what an extraordinary series of events to, to meditate on, to think on, to, to, to run over in our minds, to realize that we've all had a death sentence. And the way that we escape that death and, and instead get life is by fixing our gaze on Jesus and what he has done for us. What an extraordinary blessing. And so today, as you go into the rest of your day, this week, as you go into the rest of your week, I just want you to, to be reminded you know, in, in Numbers 21, the people had to come to repentance before they realized they needed to stare at the snake. You know, they had to be convinced that they were going to die before they would fix their gaze on the source of salvation. And I think the same is true for us. We need to be confronted with the reality of our sin so that we are desperate to see Jesus, to know Jesus, to understand what he has done for us as he took the penalty that I deserve, as he took the penalty that you deserve. And so I want to lead us this morning into just a heart position and a heart posture of of repentance and gratitude toward Jesus. He has saved us. He has saved us. He has saved us. And what an extraordinary reality that is. So I want to pray to that and toward that today. I'll, I'll lead us in prayer first. I want to give you time to pray as well. And again, I want to say thanks for joining us on the Drivecast today. I do encourage you to join us once again tomorrow. Let's pray again. Father, you are good and you're faithful. And um, Father, I want to be reminded today that I have been bitten by the snake. I am a sinner and my, my natural condition is death. And yet you have seen that, you know that, you've seen my rebellion, my rebellion against you. And instead of, of leaving me in my death sentence, you've sent Jesus. Jesus, you lived in my place And Jesus, you hung on the cross in my place and you experienced the wrath of God against sin in my place. And so, Father, by the power of your spirit, would you help me fix my eyes and my gaze on Jesus to worship you, Jesus, because of what you've done. 
and what you continue to do. Right now, you're seated at the right hand of the Father. You're a high priest, and we love you, Jesus. Father, lead us today into that heart posture, that heart condition of repentance and faith. We need you. We love you. Lead us again as we go. It's in Christ's name that we pray. Amen.